Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. 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 Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Welcome to another show, friends. We have a special guest coming on today. We have Carlos. Carlos, man, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Tony. Thanks for asking. Man, I'm glad you're here. And uh, you have some paranormal experiences and kind of ranging all over the board from the paranormal to family history of legend and lore. Uh, you had me at gold in the walls. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, and you had the UFO stuff. I want to tell you, man, you said you were going to send the videos. You only ever sent one video. You send a video of the UFO. I want I want the okay. video of the knocking in the house that you caught because uh, you're going to get into it later to, in this conversation, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, you had this experience where you had this boom, boom, boom in the house. Then you hear it again. You wake up the kid. He hears it. You start recording. It happens again on the recording. And the, the I guess the, the ex-girl, the ex-wife, whatever, uh, she wakes yeah. up and, you know, chaos ensues. So I can, I'm looking forward yeah. to hearing the uh, the story. But let's start off with... The uh, childhood experiences will kind of go in uh, chronological order unless you have uh, another idea in mind. But uh, I feel like, you know, starting off in childhood and the family experiences and history is a good way to lay the foundation. Yeah, for sure. So my family on my father's side is from a town called Querétaro. It's in Mexico. It's about uh, two and a half hours north of Mexico City, you know, driving. So the you know, the neighborhood <clears throat> is, is historic. 
So it dates back to the late 1500s, which is when the Spanish invaded, you know, invaded uh, lots of parts of Mexico. But, you know, specifically in Querétaro, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful, man. The, you know, to this day, there's still like cobblestone streets and, um, you know, the doors are a lot of them are original wooden doors that are, you know, uh, tall enough for the, the horse and carriages to go through. So this is, you know, as a kid, this is what I experienced. This is the Mexico that I saw through my eyes. It was beautiful, man. And um, a lot of these houses are connected. So, you know, let's say, for instance, you know, you're on one street, you go around the block and on the other side, that is the same house. Like it's connected. You know what I mean? But at some point, you know, they decided to separate them. And, uh, you know, there's two, two. Now you have two houses, two residences. So um, the, the Spanish leader, Maximilian, I believe I'm saying that right. He was actually held captive at the church on the corner of my grandma's house. The street's called Vergara. And uh, um, it's a lot of history, man. So much history. But, you know, getting, getting back to my grandma's house. So my aunt, I'm just going to call her Tia. I don't, I don't know if they want me saying their names. But, you know, as, as a child, <clears throat> she was seeing, you know, this, uh, this spirit. And it was, it was of a woman, you know, who was dressed in, in period clothing. And she was pointing at the wall. And it was the wall between the um, bathroom and the kitchen. And these walls are thick, man. I'm talking like thick, you know, I don't know if they're plaster concrete, but um, so, yeah. So she would see this, you know, this, this uh, ghost that was like, you know, from time to time. And uh, it got so frequent that they called this couple that they knew who were mediums and they wanted to have a seance. And, um, you know, the whole family was invited. And by family, I mean like my aunts. There's a, uh, there's four of them. My dad's the only son, and my grandma. You know, she has she has since passed away, but she was there. I believe my grandfather was there as well. And uh, so yeah, the the mediums came over, and this is this is the stories I was told by my grandmother. Um, they introduced everybody. You know, they they came in the house, introduced everybody, but they weren't introduced to the woman in the back. They want to know who she was. There was no woman back there. So they were, they were seeing the spirit and uh, the rocking chair was moving by itself at this time. So, you know, they, they, they sat around the table and the, you know, the, um, the seance, you know, began and things got crazy. You know, things started falling off the wall and a scratch appeared on my grandmother's hand. And she had, and she had a scar on her hand from that incident. And never went away. So what the what the medium said, you know, when they contacted the spirit was that yes, there is there is gold in that wall, but it it is only to be used for my aunt that was seeing the presence. It is not for anybody else. And and if anybody else removes it, it's it's got like a curse on it. So uh, you know, fast forward like God, 30 years and uh they sold the property. And I know somebody that was in that house when they were renovating it. And they told me that they had located the gold in the wall. And they were Spanish coins. And I don't know how many coins there were, but 
there were enough for this per this person to purchase a strip club in Mexico. And uh, what's crazy is this: the strip the strip club tanked, but his uh, wife ended up committing suicide. So I don't know if that was part of the curse, but uh, it's very interesting. And also, when they were renovating, there was a uh, you know they were they were in the bathroom and they were messing with the plumbing. They found a tunnel that went from the church to the house. So there were like these underground, you know, tunnels that were leading from these houses to that church on the corner. Very interesting stuff, man. Yeah. And uh, the the neighbor across the street as well. They, you know, they're they're uh, you know, we, we're really close with their family. They also found gold in their house. It was underneath uh, a well in their patio, like a like a not a well, but like yeah, like a wishing well, like a fountain, a fountain, you know, like a concrete fountain. They they found gold under there. So there's stories of gold all throughout Querétaro being found in houses. My my grandfather. So this is on my mother's side, but my grandfather, on my dad's side, he had properties as well that he sold. And when they renovated them, they found gold. So he missed out on that. Jeez. So yeah. Why why was the gold in the walls? Were they hiding it from the Spanish? Yeah. So so what I that's what I was told is you know they were they were just you know invading people's houses. They were they were almost like the Gestapo, you know, as, as far as like you know going in houses, you know, kicking down doors, taking all the property. Um, that's where they hit it. They they hit it in the walls. That's wild. Yeah. Um, I, I'm tearing the walls out of every old building I see now. <laughs> so, For sure. <laughs> I just wanted to see that, like that, you know, the, this story has amazed me since I was a kid and it, and it was never for me. I mean, it would be nice to have money, of course, but I just wanted to see these coins. Like, you know, just the historical, you know, aspect of them. It must be amazing to find something like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I literally just went up to Kentucky last week hunting for gold and silver. Uh, I, I came back empty hand. No, I didn't come back empty handed. I found an old Clorox cap, but I didn't find what I was going for. Uh, but <laughs> there's so much, there's so much treasure out there. People don't even realize how much how much is actually out there that's just unaccounted yeah. for? Uh, because you know, people didn't trust banks back in the day. Like, let, let forget Mexico for a second. Like here in the states, I mean, during the Civil War and things like that, they, they, there was no trust in the banks. The banks weren't no. weren't what they are today. Uh, I'm not saying you should trust the banks today. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like they they didn't have the the uh, cultural prestige that they want that back then they have now. And so right. it's one of those things where uh, people would hide their gold outside at, a, at the base of a tree in the flower garden that has um, annual flowers coming up every year. So they know exactly where the gold and their money is buried. And uh, right. t- time happens, things happen. And, you know, people grow old with their, their savings out in the yard and they die unexpectedly. Nobody knows where that, that money was. And it's just lost to time. And then 200 years later, some schmuck from Tennessee comes up to Kentucky <laughs> trying to, you know, hunt for gold and silver. I mean, listen, there, there's tons of stories like that. There's tons of stories where the Civil War, the soldiers would bury what they were carrying uh, with intention to come back and they never come back for it. Uh, they, yeah. the people like, 
So if there was a, a an army at a certain location and they knew there was another army coming up behind them, they would you know stash their gold and silver and things like that you know at the base of a tree, and then you know. If they lose the battle or something, ain't nobody coming back for that gold and silver where they knew it was. And so it's right. extremely um, prevalent and people just don't realize it. And um, it's just, a, it's like kind of a new hobby for me. I, I'm starting to kind of getting into the treasure hunting thing. I, I always been interested in it, but uh, my son has been asking if we can do treasure hunting. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, put myself in my son's shoes. You know, your, your son is asking you to do something fun with you that you already are interested in, that should be a no-brainer. Get out, get your butt out there with the metal detector, start treasure hunting with your kids yeah. and create memories. That's that's interesting because I purchased the metal detector for my 10-year-old last Christmas. So, you know, we're we're just, you know, getting to learn the little nuances and, you know, like YouTube, you know, tutorials and, you know, what what this be I mean, it looks more simple than it really is, man. As far as like, you know, I don't, I don't want to find bottle caps or, you know, nails or, you know, pennies. I want the, the good stuff, man. The, you know, if, if it's not, you know, historical, I, I want to at least find some gold jewelry or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, what I was going to tell you, too, is it's it's off subject, but it happened in this house. One of my aunts. So this, you know, this this was told to me recently. Um she was a kid. She she was around a teenage. No, she was, you know, 12, 13 years old. And her sisters are around, you know, the same age, they're a couple years apart. And uh back then, this this was in the same house. So they didn't have doors in the house. They had like these uh curtains that would separate the rooms. So like two curtains that like opened in the middle. And what led up to this uh event, you know, it it, it was just a real calm night you know they were all three of them were on the bed and you know they were talking and they were you know you know talking about whatever girls at that age talk about and then they watched the curtain that separated the rooms open up from the middle so it was like somebody was standing there and opened these two curtains and placed one of the curtains like folded it up so whoever so so whatever was doing this was very tall now, my aunt, the one that told me the story, she was the only one that saw it, but she saw what she said was like a, you know, a, a gray, an alien. Uh, it had a large head, it had, it had big black eyes, it had long, skinny arms, and it was tall. You know, it wasn't like a short one, and it was tall. And by tall, you know, like eight feet tall. So it walked to the bed, and it tried to pick her up. And at this point, all three of them were screaming and, you know, she was screaming because of what she was seeing, but they were screaming because they watched this, you know, curtain open by itself and, and flip one of the, you know, curtains up, fold it over. So this happened in that house as well. So th this is one tall, skinny gray. Yes. And it comes yes. she, over she, and tries to pick her up tries to pick she said it had its arms out like it was getting ready to scoop her up like like place like put its arms under her to to i don't know man like where where it was going to take her but she said it was a terrifying experience and she ha actually had to talk to a therapist because it uh you know it, it's it stuck with her all these years 
And, you know, it's, you know, what's crazy is, you know, when I was, you know, back, back in the day, you know, in my teen years, I used to, you know, go to Mexico every summer and, you know, I'd spend the summers with her. And I brought a book with me one time and it was, uh, Whitley Stryber's Intruders, the Copley Woods encounter, I believe it was called. And she saw the cover of that book and she flipped out, man. And I, and I never understood why until she told me the story. She didn't want that book in her house. That book went missing. Like she got rid of it. So what happened though? I mean, like it comes over to her. Where's this story end? Like, how's that end? Do you know? So, yeah. So she, so she said, you know, like there were all three of them were screaming and it turned around and walked away. And I like walked back through that, through that opening, that doorway. And that's how the story ended. And the grandma and, you know, everybody, you know, was awakened. They came in the room and, you know, the two girls didn't see the bean, but they saw the, the curtain open up and she saw it. And, you know, I, I don't know where, where, where it stood as far as, you know, what, what they thought, the, you know, the parents, but, you know, that, that uh, really impacted her. You know, and, I, and when she told me the story, she was in tears. Man. This was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.